Hello and welcome to INV Unfiltered, the podcast of INV Fintech. Today we're joined by Brett Narlinger, Chief Revenue Officer at Green Dot. And while Brett is fairly new at Green Dot, he has decades of experience in the payments world with First Data and Vantive and Mercury Payment Systems. So we'll be talking to him uh, about Green Dot and GoBank and also uh, getting into getting into payments more generally. So welcome, Brett. Hey, thank you so much. So you refer at Green Dot to uh, bank as a service, banking as a service. Can you can you explain a little bit, or as a platform, can you explain a little bit uh, what you mean by that? Sure, I, I think it's more of an evolution. So Green Dot started as a, as a uh, uh, dedicated to reinventing banking for the masses and as a prepaid card, the general purpose reloadable card. And what we found was as we've moved through this and we've gained our banking license, we've had the ability to embrace a, a little broader spectrum. And so we coined the term banking as a service as we're thinking about the new use cases that are coming to us. And so more and more and more of the things that we're involved in are watching our customers behave differently, thinking differently. So whether they want to send P2P differently, whether they want to have their tax refund put on cards, whether they want to get paid instantly after uh, an Uber trip, whatever those things are, our customers and, and the society in general is changing and evolving. And so as we continue to think about where our card, where our bank is positioned, we kind of consider ourselves to be in the flow. And instead of thinking about you know, everybody coming to us, we go to them and we think about being where they are. And so banking as a service is really a creative way to say, what is it? whatever it is you're looking for, whatever you, it is you need, whether you're a large company like Apple into an Uber who needs our services to touch their customers and to help them bank their customers, or whether it's a startup thinking, hey, I, I'm coming up with this really cool app, but I'm gonna need banking services as part of that. We're defining our toolkit to solve all of those problems, all the way from white labeling a solution like we've done for years, all the way to allowing our infrastructure to sit inside of, you know, it's futuristic, but having our innovation sit on an app that someone hasn't even created yet and allows that app to have banking services. So we're seeing this evolution and this, this movement, uh, so to speak, into this banking as a service. When we coined this, it just made sense. How do you set up your bank to deploy services in so many different areas? The, you know, the Uber, GoBank for Uber that you mentioned, Apple Pay integration, the various tax products. How do you do that? I mean, banks, banks uh, your, your average bank has a very hard time, you know, deploying any sort of new product. And you guys seem to seem to do it so frequently and in such diverse areas. How, how do you uh, how do you manage that? challenge for many banks to, to really decide we want to be innovative. We, we want to allow our, our name to be secondary. We, we want to allow, you know, you want to have these big, large banks always like to have their name prominent. They want to create, they want to do their own thing. We tend to believe in an enablement strategy. And so the best way to answer your question is we deploy to enablement. Tell us what your problem you're trying to solve is. And we're not you know, we're, we're proud of our brand, we're proud of our technology, but our first and primary goal is to solve the problem. And so sometimes that means your name is on the card, sometimes it means your name's on the back, sometimes it means you're not at all on it, but you're enabling the technology. And so step one is to decide, hey, we, we want to be innovative and we want to be an enablement bank. Um, and that's 
that's that's new. That's different. That's something that a lot of other folks aren't thinking about. That's places where they're not willing to go, and we kind of think it's a way to. Uh, it's, it's unique for sure in the marketplace for us. Yeah. Do you does Green Dot have a different business model for its different brands? You're, you've got a lot of brands under your umbrella. And I ask this because there's a lot of anxiety in the banking world about whether or not the the business model of banking, quote unquote, needs to change. And, and it occurs to me you're you're probably juggling uh, quite a few that are, that, as we said, a little bit different from the, the standard banking business model. Can you uh, can you speak to that? Yeah, I can I can assure you that if we weren't being creative and innovative and, and doing things with uh, the icons and the, the marketplace and then the next great thinkers that are around the corner, I'd be very nervous um, as, as a bank uh, because we certainly see the evolution. We see things changing. We see people changing, doing things differently. Um, and, and the evolution cycles are quicker uh, than they've ever been. So absolutely, I'd be very, very nervous if, if we didn't have a, a, an evolving business model and, an, and one that's, again, innovative and, and um, enabling. So I would say, yeah, we juggle a lot, um, but we do it in the spirit of kind of the same basic concept, how people get paid, how people save, how people spend, and how people hang, you know, hold on to those accounts. It's the same basic premise. It's a question of how, whether it's an Uber driver who gets done with his shift and says, hey, I really think the preference would be for me to swipe right and get paid immediately. Um, we can enable that. And it's not, it's, it's so the concepts of, well, payday is every two weeks. Well, we're killing that. And so we're, at, we're, we're just challenging ourselves to think innovatively. So when it comes to Apple Pay Cash and partnering with the Titan in this industry, you know, who's really at the forefront of innovation, how do we plug into the flow that customers do every day, which is iMessage and text messaging, and find a way for people to send money without having to leave the app that they do dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of times a day, um, to be able to do that in the flow just makes perfect sense. And so there's another model where we're trying to solve a dilemma to not have someone go somewhere else but to build the technology on where customers are every day, every minute. And so we think about tax returns and, and people are going to be getting their money in the next quarter and how do they get their money and how do they get their spend and how do they spend that money, whether it's downloading a mobile app or having a car. It's really identifying all of those use cases and, and thinking broadly and not just saying, hey, we're going to do A and we're going to do it really well. We're thinking about doing A, B, C, D and doing it extraordinarily well with really, really strong talent out there who already has the customer. They just have a need. And so most of our models are, tell us what the need is and let us back into the... Right. So you mentioned... That yeah, that makes sense. You, you mentioned earlier uh, allowing our name to be secondary, allowing the green dot name to be secondary. I think that's something that uh, really frightens a lot of bankers. But is it just a matter of if the business model works, if the business case works, then it shouldn't matter so much, or is it more about who you're working with? I, I think it depends, and I would say the answer is we're proud of our brand, but we've been supporting programs like the Walmart Money Card for years, and, and that card, uh, we support Walmart through that effort, and, and it, all of the technology, all of the regulation, all of the requirements, all of the, the fraud tools, except the monitoring, it all resides on us, but the brand, it's, it's a Walmart money card. 
and we're proud to be sponsor, sponsoring things and partnered with guys like Walmart who, who really think about their customer as their own and how do we again enable that. So that's not new. We've been doing that for years and then just continuing to see that evolution as companies. Yeah, in, in, in today's right now, we're talking about some of the big ones that we partner with, but we're considering what's the next thing around the corner. And we don't know what that is, but what we want to do is create an infrastructure where we say, hey, do can we get to a place where we can have banking as a service and even create things like a bank operating system, so to speak, where people can log in and grab and, and, and take a look at our APIs. Well, we're still in full control um, under a regulatory environment. You want to make sure that we absolutely understand what's going on, but do it in a way where it's seamless to the customer. And so we're enabling those next great things. And so I think that's what we're positioning ourselves for. And how do how do ideas for new products rise to the surface? You, you have a lot of different possibilities. Obviously, I think people are approaching you about partnerships all the time. You've got possible acquisitions you can look at and then new products, you know, bubbling up internally. How do you, how do you make those determinations? Well, we're going to go with these, you know, these two or three rather than, than these ones over here. So what a great question. So yes, obviously, um, Lately, our phone's been ringing, uh, which is outstanding. We get a lot of um, inbound inquiries because of some of the creativity and innovation we're up to. But I also have six divisions inside of the business um, that have a diverse uh, focus. And so we have great GMs who run each of those divisions. And we expect those folks to come forward with things that will impact their businesses. So we have things like Rapid Pay Card that support our payroll. We have our online direct business where we just acquired the the assets of uh, Unirush. Um, and then we have our, our consumer accounts division that's thinking about customers like Walmart and our and Walgreens, CVS, and others that are out there selling our cards. We have our tax division, TPG. Um, so the list, and then we have our financial services center focused on check cashers. Every one of these guys is serving a different part of the segment, a different industry. And each one of those has you know, another level of innovation and another level of want. And so we listen. And so we expect our GMs, we create, we have a culture where good ideas and new ideas and and figuring out what's the next thing to do come up. Um, We figure out who the big players in each of those segments are. And uh, then we get creative, we get innovative and we solve the problems. And you guys, as you mentioned, you're not shy about partnerships. and, And that's, I guess, Green Dot was built on that in a way. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, a lot of banks are just coming around to this viewpoint, which is it's one we've been advocating at Bank Innovation for a while because it seems to make sense. And, and maybe the industry is learning, uh, maybe not. But as you say, that's that's not new for you. No, it's not new for us. And, and we've been fortunate to have some tremendous partners. Um, we, we, we operate in a position where we have, where others are challenged by their branch network and the cost, et cetera, we, su- we support our partners. We support their goals. And so we have over 100,000 retailers that are selling our solution. And so we essentially have 100,000 branches that you can open up a Green Dot Bank account. Um, think about the scale that that provides. And then it's a question of meeting the customer where they are and thinking about what they do every day. It's, it's, it's more of that. It's more of understanding the flow of a normal day-to-day, and so you know whether it's getting a card, using a card, whether it's using it on your mobile app, whether it's part of text message, whether it's when you get your direct deposit, all these things 
they're thinking about bank accounts differently. So yeah, our, our entire process, our entire programs are, are predicated on partnership and enablement. What's your take on mobile payments, Brett? You've got a history in the payment space. And so you saw the excitement that rose up around this early on. And I would say the heavy users of mobile payments really love it. But as a whole, maybe it's fallen short with with the wider uh, breadth of consumers. And so, I've, you know, I've had conversations with family, as I'm sure all of us in this industry have. And they're kind of like, what are you talking about? And I can't be bothered. W- you know, where where are we going with this whole thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I think the idea is spectacular, and it, and it will grab on. I mean, there's there's no doubt that we are all in, and so we know it's going to happen. Um, the time in which it's going to happen uh, has always been a question mark, and at the beginning. Uh, but now, as you're starting to see uh, retail, and this is a chicken and the egg. You have to get two things at once. You have to get them to kind of feed upon themselves. So the first is making sure that you can accept mobile payments, that it's useful, that it's it's out there. Um, so at the point of sale, you need to see that infrastructure change. And that's obviously a world I spent decades in. And those, those cycles are long. They're longer than I think most people expected. So now we're starting to see, you know, why would you make an investment in mobile payments until there's enough scale in mobile payments to be able to justify it? Well, so that takes a time. And why, why have it on your phone and use it if there's not enough places for me to actually be able to use mobile payments? You follow this kind of dilemma. Well, now you're getting to this point where more and more mobile usage is occurring. We know that online access and and shopping online is is primarily mobile. And now you're seeing retail move itself forward and changing their infrastructure, changing out hardware. And almost every new deployment out there now has has, uh, mobile-enabled devices at the point of sale. And so more and more people are going to be in market with wallets, and they're going to want to use them. And again, our focus is not betting on one horse. Ours is enabling everyone to be able to enjoy that and being able to. We're also seeing on our own cards. We sell 8 million cards. We're, we're, we're one of the largest issuers of cards, and we're also seeing our app usage skyrocket. Um, it's no change, no, no surprise. And I think the last part to this is you're also seeing a next generation that's coming forth that absolutely they're they're mobile junkies and that's a great thing they, they use their phone for everything they believe in the security of their phone they want to use it for everything they're using it for online purchases and now they're starting to use it for point of sale so i i actually believe we are at a tipping point where you're going to see a dramatic lift uh in in that spend in a very short period of time because you're now getting that perfect spot where retail's embracing it they're moving up um, and now you're seeing customers enabling mobile at a at a record clip right now. So I, I think it's I think it's on its way up significantly. Yeah, and you mentioned Apple Pay Cash, and P2P has always been a kind of bright spot. And P2P usage, I don't have the numbers, but it seems so pervasive um, that that can only that can't help but provide a lift uh, to mobile payments at the point of sale. I would imagine. Well, what it does is it injects money that in virtual cards right in virtual wallets and so as you're injecting money into that um there's there's a desire to be able to use that it's not always about moving money from left to right it's about being able to use those those for purchases and we're seeing that shift um again it starts with enablement having people be able to use those cards at point of sale then it starts with having funds in a wallet and then the natural 
cycle will be, I've got money on my phone, you allow me to take it off my phone, and you're gonna see this happen. And, and this chicken and egg discussion that's been going on for a long time starts to uh, diminish, and uh, I think we've got something uh, really powerful. Right. What, would you, what advice would you give to payment startups looking to enter the market today? Um, payment startups is a, a whole other one. That's a, that's a, it's a challenge. I would say payment startups is one of those where I would focus in on solving problems, solving a dilemma, solving an issue, and think about what is it that you, you know, being a me too and, and trying to create infrastructure, the likes of the large uh, folks who are doing merchant acquiring or payment processing, that's going to be tough. Um, but I think there's plenty of opportunity to be innovative around the way people pay, how they pay, how they secure transactions. Um, I, I certainly see that to be one. And then the other one is, you know, I would, I would again, as we think about it, meet the customer where they are, figure out what they're doing today, and find ways to be in the flow, find ways to be a part of that. Um, and if you're, you know, again, if you're thinking, hey, I really want to create this real cool whiz bank feature, but in order for me to do it, I need to get a a banking app, or I need to have an investment app, or a savings app, or a function of that. You know, think about how do you do that in a way that customers will view that as your own. Uh, that'd be my advice. Right. Final question: uh, What's the vision going forward for Green Dot uh, generally, and more specifically, banking as a service? Um, I, I think the the predominant voice for all of us is be creative. Um, be innovative and go look for the titans in, in, out there in the marketplace that haven't necessarily thought about how they're offering services to their customers and enforce that behavior, enforce that, that, uh, that conversation. Uh, we see it quite a bit where we think there's a really cool idea and they haven't quite gotten there yet. And so I would say our focus is on thinking about where our masses sit, thinking about where we see this evolution happen and how do we position ourselves with uh, either, again, those titans that are out there today or those folks who have really cool ideas um, coming forward. We're seeing more and more of those pop up, and we want to enable those. So look, if you're seeing this massive shift as this next generation is coming up, and our focus is to you know, kind of escape where the puck's going, not where it is. Thank you so much, Brett. Really appreciate the time today. Um, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Bill. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to INV Unfiltered. 